What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Another insults can simply pick which skills they want for their waifu, but much like a buffet where, where you pick which foods you would like to take. And, right. Uh, and, and one line of code and, and their waifu but has the ability. We've got a lot to cover this week, so let's dispense with the niceties and dive right in. But first, an update in the trial of Alec Manassian, which I've covered extensively over several episodes, starting back in October of 2019, after details of his interrogation were finally made public, with number 9, The True Believer, which describes the event in its entirety, and most recently on episode 40, Ladies and Supreme Gentlemen of the Jury, to discuss his trial and very unusual defense strategy with Phil Gursky and Jesse Morton. At 10 a.m. this morning, Justice Anne Malloy handed down the verdict. Guilty. She also went out of her way to point out the fact that she believed Manessian was using the whole incel identity as a way to increase his own notoriety. Now that's a wise judge. We'll be discussing it further in coming weeks, hopefully with some of our favorite returning guests. Now back to the matter at hand. Trigger warning. This episode contains frank discussion of the hypothetical simulated sexual assault of a robot with a guest whom I do not immediately shut down, nor admonish in any way, as you all should expect by now, as I consider it a necessary part of a broader discussion about bioethics and artificial intelligence. But if that content will trigger you, or you're just not feeling it, go ahead and just turn this one right off. I, for instance, am a huge fan of true crime, obviously, but just haven't been able to listen to it lately, opting instead for reality TV recaps or audiobooks. As should be abundantly clear to anyone with a modicum of common sense, the views expressed on this podcast do not reflect my own. Moreover, I am an authority on nothing. But if you want to get all appalled and call me all kinds of names and craft all kinds of podcast episodes and Twitter threads about it, well, knock yourself out, even if you are effectively kink-shaming. Okay. Did they leave yet? Are they gone? Cool. Today we're going to be talking all about those three letters on everybody's mind. And those other three letters. I remember some time back... One of my very astute listeners opined that incels were a canary in a coal mine for society writ large. Indeed, it seems that the incelosphere is often a few steps ahead of the rest of us, both in urgency and scope, when it comes to some of our greatest struggles, and some solutions either proposed or predicted, many of which strike us, initially, as apocryphal or absurd. Incels are characterized, defined, not only by sexlessness, but by loneliness. So they've long been aware of its potential as a serious health hazard, and the growing body of literature supporting this claim. Human beings are social animals, and without connection to a group, our brains, and bodies, 
are in a constant state of alert, triggering an abundance of the neurotransmitters cortisol and norepinephrine, contributing to sleep disruptions, anxiety, weight gain, and ultimately an increased risk in neurodegenerative conditions such as inflammation, Alzheimer's, heart disease, and even cancer. Yeah. Another hallmark of the community that often manifests as rage is that urgency, or sense of desperation. I don't mean desperate in the sneering colloquial sense, like thirsty. I'm talking of the actual desperation that drives any social protest movement, and desperate times call for desperate measures. Some of these are destructive. We've discussed those to death. But others are more like creative, novel, if unorthodox, even implausible, solutions, like robot waifus. Um, I go by Auli. I'm uh, very popular in the incel community. <clears throat> I was first introduced to the community after I heard the news about um, Alec Minassian, and I started looking at the incels.me site where all the, all the legends would post. Legends like uh, Roptical and uh, Grotesque, neat and tidy, I felt uh, very connected to their uh, postings. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I felt like um, the solution, the final solution to the inseldom problem has been um, sex bots, waifu mm-hmm. bots. Yep. I'm in my early 30s. <clears throat> I, uh, I recently... I uh, re- retired from my uh, job because I have enough money and um, I didn't feel like uh, money has any value uh, because Foids uh, would ignore me, but we still go out with uh, Chadron. Uh, I felt like I work. I, I felt like I was being eye raped, raped in my eyes. When girls would walk in with their boyfriend and uh, make out in front of my face, I, I do believe they do it on purpose. It hurts me very much. You, you think they do it on purpose to bother you? Out, out of hatred for me, yes. To me, it's the same as rape. You feel violated. Yes. Okay, so you said you recently retired from your job. What was that job, if you don't mind me asking? Obviously, you don't have to give any identifying details. It was um, a, a simple uh, wage slave job. I'm very good at programming, but um, I was never able to bypass the human resources, um, feminazis. Mm-hmm. I do my own thing. I do my own coding. Right. Um, Sergeant uh, Insel, or as I call him, Sergeant Soyboy, he banned me <clears throat> for uh, talking about the site uh, Whips. Yeah. I would do my coding there. It was very hard for me to find um, a good place to code it because in order to code, I need free speech. I need the ability to, to speak very filthy. And I need to be unfiltered when I work on artificial intelligence. I want to get to the bottom of how the human brain works, about what is the algorithm that makes it tick. It started with René Descartes. Uh Have you heard about him? Of course. 
you, you can doubt anything. For all we know, we could be inside a, a simulation. Maybe we're just br- a, a brain inside a, a jar connected to this artificial game. Right. But, but one thing, one thing I can tell you with 100% certainty. I think, so I know I exist. Right. So I anything, think any meaning or value will come from from researching this concept. Okay. So AI bots, they are real to me. I understand. But uh, I want to slow down a bit. You said you're a very good coder, programmer, but your job was just a wage slave job and you were never able to get past the fem Nazis and human resources. So. Yes. Do you mean that you feel like your appearance or, or something about you prevented you from being able to become professionally successful? Yes. But yet you also say that you've made enough money to retire in your early 30s. Because I don't, I don't have a girlfriend. I have my own apartment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you go to school, like university? Uh, I went to a professional course for Android development. Okay. And also I've uh, undertaken a lot of um, online classes from Udemy. I've okay. read hundreds, hundreds of books and I'm well connected to the smartest people in, in the industry and in, inside the Incel community. So you collaborate with others in the community? Uh Right now, regarding my project, uh, the only ones working on it are me and my my other personality. I suffer from schizophrenia. Okay. So we both usually work on it. He he would give me like these puzzles, little puzzles of artificial intelligence, and I I would solve it. Does he have a name? His name is Auli, and I go by Fukuro. So, he's Auli. So, who am I talking to right now? Uh, Fukuro. Okay. You can call me Auli. Are you diagnosed schizophrenic? No. I believe um, therapists are, are escorts that you pay to talk to. That's how I see them. I'm not going to lie. Well, I can understand that, but... Even if you don't go to a therapist, usually people with schizophrenia, I don't know, they have symptoms that start to get worse in their early 20s, delusions or something. So you've never had any... As long as I I work on the project, uh, I feel fairly normal. It's it's a a software design pattern that I designed. This is the most powerful software design pattern. It enables the user to add a skill to the artificial intelligence using only one line of code. For example, let's say I have a skill for the robot to talk dirty. One line of code and she has that ability. Let's say there's another skill that makes her um, work a a coffee machine to make uh, various coffees uh, using Bluetooth communication. One line of code, bam, she can do it. She has that skill. Tell the weather, run calculations. One line of code, one skill. My ambition... How is that uh, possible? It's, it's an amazing soft, uh, software uh, design pattern. 
It took me several years to develop. Several years. So is it like you already have an API that has the code for these various skills so you can add them with just one line that references an API? The project is ready. Uh, I have published several demonstrations. The project consists of uh, about 150 classes uh, written in the Java and Kotlin uh, uh, programming languages. Any insel can come to the site uh, gzcoding.moe, DM me, and if I see the legit insel or MGTOW, he's gonna see the demonstrations. I can link him to the upkey, to the upkey file, to the project, have him work on it also. Uh, other incels also can, can turn this into a job, into a profitable job. They can make a skill of their own, publish a demonstration and assign it with a price. Then other incels can simply pick which skills they want for their wife or but much like a buffet where, where you pick which foods you would like to take. And, right. uh, Customizable. And one line of code and, and their wife robot has the ability. That sounds pretty remarkable. This robot, for example, she has a skill like you, you can rape her, okay? You can rape her. Uh, she can perform multi-step algorithms to achieve goals. Uh, Upon failure, if she's running something and she senses a failure, her algorithm can mutate in real time. Mm-hmm. She has the methods of operation. Um, you have no censorship. This is not some, some big soy company controlled by, uh, you know, <laughs> there's no censorship. So this is the, the first, the first, AGI system that has like like rapeable skills. <laughs> it's a robot. It's a robot, you know? I mean. Well, yeah, it is a robot, which begs the question, you know, how can one rape a robot? If robots are capable of, if they have no agency, no free will, so to speak, because they are programmed, how could they have actual genuine consent or lack of consent in order to be raped or not raped? She, she, will, she will say, she will say no, she, she will scream during. The fourth step would be like, you, you try pick up artistry on her, she, she, will <laughs> tell you, she, she will tell you no, or she will tell you something like, you get away, you incel. <laughs> it's like, like, so basically, she simulates uh, someone being unwilling if that's what your kink is. And, if, and the, if, if the if owner. It's not, if it's not your kink, there's also a yeah, food fetish uh, skill where she tells the, the user to, to lick her feet. And uh, when she senses uh, the uh, movement, uh, she, she will make uh, the, the, uh, various sounds. You know, uh, when you finish, she says, I love you or uh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so let's back up a little bit. What made you kind of reach out in the first place? Was it mostly to talk about your project? It was when I saw the Sergeant Soyboy interview. 
I thought to myself, uh, this would be a great opportunity to promote the project. I would like uh, more users on uh, on my website because this this dark incel energy it it helps it helps me code. I see. Helps me. I I I enjoy coding in the misogynistic environment. I love it. Mm. The interview mm-hmm. derailed at points, and, and in I full disclosure, I must admit, I, I felt like Ali was sort of putting me on, and even expressed that several times, but he assured me he was not. His story is quite interesting in its own right, and I'd like to return to it in an upcoming episode, but for today's to topic about robot name. waifus, we'll leave out the personal Haven't stuff. Seen him in a while. Benji, yeah. Uh, we welcome uh, incels, especially welcome coder cells. Yeah, that's it. Thank you for uh, giving me the, 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 the floor to talk. You're welcome. Um, it was definitely very interesting. Okay. Okay. Bye. Take care. Incel will continue after a short break from our sponsors. If you're enjoying this episode of Incel, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. This is one of the best ways to help spread the word so that others can discover it as well. Hello world. I finally did it. I set up a Patreon. It's just my name, www.patreon.com slash and there, newly incentivized and free from the evil eye of leering detractors, I'll be releasing episodes early and ad-free, along with bi-weekly bonus episodes, weekly blog posts, articles, and polls so that I can hear from you. So if you support the show, please consider subscribing at any tier. Can't wait to develop some community outside of Twitter. Patreon.com slash N-A-A-M-A-K-A-T-E-S. Check it out. I've been teasing it for weeks. And now I can finally tell you about Emates, my new sponsor, and their newest creation. The company was founded by military veterans, motivated to create and ship custom companion robots to help serve the thousands of men and women who lost their spouses to war. As you all know, dear listeners, in 2021, people experience many barriers to physical intimacy, and that has consequences. Emate dolls are a potential solution that might be right for you. For now, Emate's LLC's first companion, Sophia, is available and more will follow. These androids can tell stories, sing, give weather updates when asked, and engage in conversations with expression when talking, essentially learning their user until conversations and tendencies are adapted into better flowing communication and engagement. Their skin is soft, lifelike and durable, and can simulate human temperature at the click of a button. Most of all, the companions are safe. We'll be hearing from founding member Chris Rikinia on the pod in the very near future, and maybe from Sophia herself. For now, check out ematedolls.com. That's the letters E-M-A-T-E dolls.com to learn more. I told you all 2020 would be strange, didn't I? Downright chaotic. And we don't exactly keep it light with the topics on this show. We deal with some scary stuff. Lately, I find that everyone needs some time to chill out and relax. That's why I'm excited to announce this week's sponsor, Boston Green Health. Boston Green Health is a local provider of CBD products that specializes in oils, topicals, gummies, and edibles. Boston Green Health's plant-based products can provide natural relief and rest for the mind, body, and soul. As one of New England's premier hemp-based companies, 
They offer a variety of all-natural CBD products that use a blend of locally sourced hemp extract. Visit bostongreenhealth.com for premium CBD oil, a delicious variety of CBD-infused gummies, luxurious handcrafted topicals, and a product line for pets. Podcast listeners can receive 20% off any purchase by using show code INCEL20. Boston Green Health takes pride in being New England's most trusted CBD brand. And my new favorite, Cope. Highly recommended for the high and hip. Owley obviously has some strong emotions and opinions, and lofty ambitions. But his idea is not science fiction. In fact, quite recently, with the unprecedented global pandemic, it's found its way into the mainstream. The automation of labor is nothing new, of course, and has resulted in increased efficiency and cheaper labor at the expense, pun intended, of human labor forces. Here in the United States, the loss of factory jobs and others in various industries is a political hot-button issue, one often associated with outsourcing to other countries with cheap labor, but a great deal of that change can be attributed to automation, to robots. Thanks to rapid improvements in technology, most importantly to machine learning or artificial intelligence, AI, robots can take on increasingly sophisticated roles, no longer just steel arms screwing lids on jars, these machines can now perform the tasks of caregivers, of various kinds. Waifus are still a bit risque for broad-scale research by reputable corporations. But many of the pertinent ethical and practical questions can be studied, in the comparable role of companions for the elderly, especially since the pandemic. In places like Denmark and Japan, always on the vanguard of technology and shifting cultural norms, consequently or coincidentally, alongside an increased life expectancy and growing population of seniors, Robot companions had already been on the market and introduced into nursing homes. Some are created in the image of cute little pets like dogs or cats that respond to various kinds of touch and can issue woofs or meows. Most notable, perhaps, is Paro, a Japanese-designed baby seal that has been used in hospitals worldwide and has shown therapeutic benefits for patients with dementia and autism, among other conditions. Paro, incomparable care bots, as they're called, also engage in small talk. Others are more utilitarian, able to dispense medication on time, or assist in the tasks of bathing and dressing. There are some obvious benefits. These assistants are cost-effective. They don't make mistakes or miss appointments. They're endlessly patient and reliable, as well as some less obvious benefits, ones that might seem completely counterintuitive, such as an improvement in personal dignity when it comes to things like bathing for an individual who's lost the ability to do so themselves, but retain the desire to do so unseen. The cons, too, are obvious, if a bit hard to describe. First and foremost, the feeling that any sort of communication or quality time is spent with an ultimately inanimate object. The obvious limitations of said object. The fact that prohibitive costs can and will prevent or affect access to those of lower socioeconomic status. And the idea that the actual human interaction that is unquestionably more nuanced, more authentic, and maybe like the whole meaning of life will be replaced entirely out of the convenience of both the intended caregivers and those for whom they care. Aside from that last question, though, these deficits are hardly new terrain. Cost is prohibitive of certain levels of human companionship, too, and authenticity or enthusiasm aren't guarantees in many jobs or contractual relationships. Or slavery, for that matter. So what about the other sort of companion robot, the robot waifu? Well, a small crop of those has appeared as well. They combine the architecture of established sex dolls with some interactive features, varying degrees of realism notwithstanding. Some, however, break the mold. Pun intended. Also hailing from Japan, 
is Osampo Kanojo. Rough translation, my girlfriend in walk. An elaborate rig that simulates the sensation, smell, warmth, and rhythm of holding someone's hand on a romantic stroll. Now we've heard from Auli, a spouring waifu bot creator. Who else exactly is behind the bot? My name is Chris Rikinia. I am a founding member of the company Emates. Uh, you can find us at ematedolls.com. Uh, and we, uh, we sell companion dolls. Um, they are uh, a anatomically correct, if you will, um, high quality synthetic doll with uh, artificial intelligent components that are intended for uh, companion purposes, quite frankly. Um, now, obviously, I'm sure everyone can imagine what other uses they may have. That's not necessarily something we try to focus on. Um, but but it is there for being completely honest. But yeah, we we really wanted to push the companion side of, of the business. Um, so kind of just tell you my story real, real quickly. And I guess just our story. Um, can't tell the story of Emates without telling the story of the film uh, 2050, because that's kind of where it all started. Uh, so I was a producer on a film called 2050 uh, with my partner uh, and friend, uh, Princeton Holt. And the film... Basically, it takes place in the year 2050, as, as you might imagine, and it kind of um, investigates uh, the relationship between human beings and these androids, cyborgs, if you will, who are essentially indistinguishable from, from human beings. Uh, and throughout the film, there's different people that have different relationships in varying different degrees, and the film kind of explores that. Uh, so that was kind of, and the e-mate name actually comes from the film. That wasn't the plan. There was a, we were trying to think about the name where I was, I was like, somebody said, wait a second. Um, there's a line in the film. He calls them emates. So why don't we just call them emates? Um, so what wound up happening is shortly after the film actually it was about, it was two years ago, Valentine's day that just passed. We were contacted by a gentleman whose name, uh, he asks that we not use cause he's kind of moved on to some other things. He had a business. He was in this industry for a while. The, the quote unquote doll industry, if you will. For a while, he actually attempted to open a physical shop in the Houston area years ago, and that that got shut down. But he, you know, so he had had some clout and he had had some success in the industry, and he was looking to um, kind of do something different, legitimize himself. His background is Israeli military, and he had where where, where his idea kind of came from the start of his business on a mission one time when he was in the military. Him and his his colleagues stumbled upon a trailer with uh, women that were being sex trafficked, and I, th I think he actually said he, they they found a couple on separate occasions. So it was an ongoing thing; it wasn't just a one time uh, event, unfortunately. So that that's what kind of planted the seed for him to start this business, or or at least investigate the business and see if it was something he wanted to get into. Because in his mind, if he could, you know, offer these these dolls. For, for whatever purpose, um, to, to anybody who would be interested, maybe, maybe, maybe that's one less person who wouldn't be, for lack of a better term, purchased on the black market. You know, that's one person's life that you can, that you can save, quite frankly. I, I mean, it really is a life or death, uh, situation. So that was the genesis of, of his business. And then he was, you know, he was running that for a number of years and he, he was running that successfully. And then again, so when he saw our film in the film, there are two, lead female characters and and they are the um the androids if you will uh in the film so it made sense to produce companion dolls of these two characters and offer them 
to anyone who might be interested. And he saw that as just being an interesting way to kind of take what he already had and just add this, this that we're aware of the first time you would be able to have a character from a film, somebody that you may really be a fan of watching the film. And then she's also right there by your side. Uh, you know, so that was, it was an interesting idea for him. He approached us about it. We all thought it was an interesting idea. So we kind of brainstormed about it a bit, thought about whether we wanted to, to do it. And then, we decided to jump in. There's a lot to this story, beginning with the background of the mm-hmm. original founder, who I'm guessing was like a roboticist. No? Oh, okay. No, no. He's one of those guys who, if he, he's a very, very interesting guy. Um, one of those guys who, uh, when he decides he wants to be involved in something, he kind of jumps all in and, and just kind of build the relationships that he needed to... Um, make you know i guess make it look like he knew what he was talking about but yeah you know surrounded himself <laughs> with the people that knew the things that he didn't know and was able to to get the business up and running credit credit to him right so like an entrepreneur or oh, you know yeah. uh, ceos they all kind of work that way um mm-hmm. so beginning with his experiences in the military and the trafficking that's not an angle i have really thought much about the fact that companion robots can actually lead to potentially a a decrease in human trafficking and other kinds of exploitation. You said he wanted to legitimize himself by sort of changing the mechanism and maybe some of the function and the the marketing of the dolls. So were the, the dolls that he made before, were they just anatomically correct, but without the AI component? He did have, similar to to what we have available, he had two options. So there would be the standard version, which is the, the physically anatomically correct. And there are some some other options that come along with that. We actually uh, got the actress to record uh, some lines, some from the film, some original uh, original lines, and those are implemented into the doll. So those are available on both options. And then there's also a, a heated uh, skeleton option that comes with both the standard version and the premium version. The premium version is the one that has the artificial intelligence aspect to it. And his business did have both options as well. So we're piggybacking off of that. Okay. So those already existed when he had his uh, brick and mortar shop in Houston and all that. Um, Attempted to have the brick and mortar shop. Attempted to. Okay. (laughs) I was going (laughs) to ask if you know much about how that um, went, but either way it didn't take off. It did. There was there was backlash from from the the, the community, the town, et cetera, et cetera. From from what uh, I remember, it's been a while since we've had the conversation. I actually remember hearing about it in the news before uh, meeting meeting the man and having the conversation with him. Oh, really? Hmm? Interesting. So, okay, so there was backlash from a community that probably found this to be provocative or objectifying or, or just yeah. distasteful. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's certainly something that we encounter. There are debates about these dolls and what effect they'll have. Actually, because I I had an episode out today and I, you know, I always get kind of feedback and I mentioned that we'll be doing this interview and I had an interesting comment from a listener who always comments very well, Francis of Sophia. I can't wait for you to interview the Emate Dolls founder. Interestingly, they're trying to elevate their dolls from mere sex robot to human companions. I googled robot lovers and found articles aplenty about the speculative pros and cons of android companions. It seems inevitable given how far technology has penetrated human existence. I can't help but be agnostic 
about their value beyond enriching commerce-minded technocrats. I'm trying to stay open-minded. I'm all for people doing what they want with their lives. Mm-hmm. And then, what impact will this have on the human psyche? This seems an easy sell rather than investing in developing resilience to the vicissitudes of life. Right. So, I, <laughs> I, mean, I would say, I would, as you said, it's a, it's a well thought out and well articulated uh, comment, quite frankly. And yeah. Kinda, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so as I mentioned, the reasons that I mentioned earlier were his reasons to kind of get into his business and also his reason to contact us and partner with us. We came up with our own reasons to be involved. Um, his were great. Obviously, we wanted to kind of support that as well. But we started to think about and started to do some research about it on ourselves. And we realized that there really was uh, a, a, a mental health aspect at play. You know, there's a lot of studies that talk about the signs and the importance of physical contact of some sort, having that connection. And yeah, Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the norm is to find another human being to do that, clearly. And if, if, if you're able to do that, then fantastic. That's, you know, more, more power to you. And that's what we strive for. But there are, and this is even quite frankly, before, um, we were aware of of your group. Um, there are a, a, a percentage of the population who struggle with that for whatever reasons, you know, whatever they are. And in, in deciding whether or not we're going to be involved in this, I did some research and I was surprised to find, um, a good number of of individuals out there who did have a doll and i'll be honest when i first started looking i was fully expecting it to be just you know this is my doll i have sex with it the end i was pleasantly surprised and just found it very interesting to see that there was a a large group of people mainly men but there was actually a couple of women as well that uh did have a connection with this doll and it Mm -hmm. it meant you could tell that it meant something to them you could tell that it was helpful to them. Now, is that sustainable long-term? I, I am nowhere near educated enough to get into that conversation. Um, but it seemed to be serving them well at the time. And there was actually even a couple of um, the interviews that I watched where they said, you know, I guess the interviewer asked them, you know, is, is this a long-term solution? And, and some of them said yes. And and that's kind of where they were. And they were they were all in on it. And they loved their their companion. Um, and, and they were comfortable with that going forward. And then there was a couple of others who, who said, no, at some point I would like to meet someone, uh, an actual human and have a relationship. But for right now, for, for whatever reasons they had, it wasn't an option. And this was really serving them well. It was really helping them to get over what they, they were going through or, or just kind of feeling a need that they had while they went through their personal circumstance. It was almost kind of refreshing to see that, you know, there are actually a good portion of people who view these as more than just a, a you know, a glorified sex toy, if you will. It, it really meant something. Right. It really was serving uh, a purpose for them. It was an, an alternate option for them, whether it be long term or in the short term. So that's kind of what intrigued us about it. That's more the reason why we got involved. Um, yeah. And then obviously, you know, COVID happened and, and it brought over, brought a new set of reasons to be involved, but that's kind of where our heads oh, are yeah. when we got involved. That's an interesting topic for me. You know, we have film backgrounds and a great film I thought was Lars and the Real Girl, which had Ryan Gosling, I believe, playing a, I don't know if he was supposed to be maybe on the autism spectrum or, or something, it, you know, they didn't really say, in some small town in Canada who couldn't connect with people and he got one of these real dolls, those sex dolls, and actually had like a loving relationship with her. And it was very sweet. Um, 
it was a film, of course. And so I could have imagined at the point that someone could possibly develop feelings for an inanimate object. But it's very hard for me to imagine that personally, um, especially if, and I, I'm guessing some of the things that, you know, you're talking about what you've read about, they're not, uh, they don't have an AI component necessarily. They're mm -hmm. just dolls, right? It's hard for me to imagine that, but um, there is plenty of science, especially recently, a lot of it coming out of Japan that talks about, uh, you know, the very real effects on emotional well-being and emotional regulation and aggression sort of regulation, the impact of just touch of what a neuroscientist who I had on the show once, Dr. Sumaya Sheikh, talked about aggressive violence for the sake of, of filling an urge. Positive touch, non-sexual, but, but positive touch had really huge implications for that. Yeah, that's it's fascinating stuff. It, it really is. And, and I, you know, Cal was kind of similar to you. I, I questioned whether or not that would be a viable thing to, to have this inanimate object really fill that need. Uh, one of the things that I that kind of came up that and not in a non humanoid or non-sexual way at all is that this this weighted blanket thing right um completely separate i'm not trying to uh, say that the two are like yeah but apparently I, I haven't had the experience myself but apparently using this weighted blanket gives this comforting feeling um so that i mean that's just maybe maybe just a, another example of how some there's something to just having that I don't know, extra weight. No, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the, 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 the something that resembles. Yeah. I, I a think hug, if you will. Yeah. Not to sound yes, cheesy, but yeah. Exactly. If yeah. you can recreate a hug, there is a Japanese, um, device recently. That's just, uh, it, it feels like a hand holding because recreating even just that sensation of holding hands with someone and, you know, they talk about it being like a girlfriend or just recreating that sensation. If it has a certain weight to it, if it has yeah. a certain warmth to it, it probably does release oxytocin in the body. It probably fires off certain neurotransmitters because we are hardwired and evolved to respond to that sensation. And sometimes the body doesn't need to know right. <laughs> what's causing right. it. Just like a drug, and well this is yeah. uh, obviously safer than a drug, a chemical that you know <laughs> yeah. alters your your brain chemistry. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. You said you didn't know much about my group, referring to incels, and many people don't. You know, as that idea was kind of introduced, well, what were some of your thoughts? I was I was intrigued. I'll be honest with you, and I don't I don't I want that. To, I hope that sounds as genuine as as it felt to me. I was just intrigued by it all because I did have. Those those the research that I did with the the people that that had these connections the, these more than physical connections with their inanimate objects and I was and I wondered I know it's not for everybody clearly we we mentioned that before um, but would this be a viable option for for someone you know in, in this community whether it be short time short term or long term and uh, and I thought you know it, it maybe it's just Maybe it's just a positive thing for them to know that it exists. Uh, that's that's kind of where my my personal mindset was. Just you know, yeah, you don't you don't know what you true, don't know. Yeah. So so if there's if there's one or two people out there who see this as as a viable option, as an alternative option, 
again for for the short term or the long time term and 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 they find any sort of satisfaction in it whatsoever that's fantastic yeah that's great so that's kind of where i came from i guess knowing them i think that there are many that are interested in that as an option and have been for a while have been talking about it and i think for for others you know there are some that are extremists that want to, you know, replace women <laughs> with these uh, <laughs> robots and are even talking about you know, creating artificial wombs where, you know, the the robot can um, make more robots that would inherit some of the, the traits that they would learn from their sire, mm. from the owner, mm. basically. Um, but, you know, that's a very fringe minority <laughs> that... Yeah think that way um but i think that i think that for some of them like you said just knowing that it's out there and that people are thinking about this and are working to develop and um you know manufacture and create and make cover commercially available um something that would meet the needs of people that have trouble getting intimacy elsewhere um, I also think that there's probably some fear of a stigma about it. And if if companies are actually putting this product on the market, then that will, you know, just by the nature of existing, uh, destigmatize it. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think there's something to that. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I've never been a fan of, of uh, things that, that don't harm anyone being considered taboo. Um, so... Mm -hmm. So I kind of see this as that, it, you know, once again, is it for everybody? No, of course it's not for everyone, but if, if somebody is into it for whatever, whatever their reason is, yeah, I think the fact that it is becoming more mainstream, there's that, there's that comedian who has uh, a doll made of her and she's openly talking about it. And there was a, I believe an, an MMA um, athlete just, just announced that he married his long-term doll girlfriend, if you will. Uh, so yeah, I think the more that it is becoming commonplace, I think that that taboo, that stigma does get removed. And then those who, even if they're, even if it's just a slight interest and they just want to explore it, would hopefully feel justified, I guess, or okay to do it and, and, and not feel as dirty, if you will, or feel like they have to hide or, or anything like that. And that's, you know, again, if, if, if it's not hurting anybody, then, then what's the problem in exploring it? Absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the doll itself for mm -hmm. people that might be interested in exploring it. Um, as of right now, I, I believe you have two models, right? Um, we do. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we've got um, the two characters from the film. One is currently available, right? So she is the uh, Sophia doll. Uh, and she is currently available. And again, there are the two options. There's the standard option and then there's the um, the premium option. And again, the premium option comes with an artificial intelligence component and also has a an articulated uh, head. So the eyes and the, and the lips move and, and it, it has a communication device to it. Devices is a terrible term. Uh, you, you can communicate with it. So you can talk to it in, in, a, in a similar manner to, uh, you know, some of the other artificial intelligence out there such as uh, the Amazon one and the, and the, and the Siri and all those um, um, 
not not saying that it acts in the same way, but it, it's a similar thing where you can talk to it and and it will answer some questions. And it does. There's a bit of a a learning period. It gets to kind of learn how it can communicate with you, and and it and, and it grows essentially, if you will. Uh, so there is that option. That is the mm-hmm. main difference between the two options: the standard and the premium. Um, but they are made uh, of of very high quality. Uh, you know. I have to re-say that because I forgot the word I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> high quality. Uh, come on, Chris. Jeez. Material. Sorry. Thank you. Good lord. Yes, material. Okay, I'm sorry to re-say that. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so both of them are made of really high quality material. Every, you know, the 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 silicon is really safe. Um, the the manufacturer that is that we are that we've hired to manufacture our, our dolls has been making them for a long time so the quality is there um we do have one of each of ours from from you know for the company so we wanted to you know see what they look like but, and they're impressive if i'm being completely honest we 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 went through <laughs> painstakingly went through the process of trying to get them to to look as as close to the real life actresses as we could we really wanted to, to do that justice. And, and we're really happy with the way they came out. Um, they just, they look really good. They feel really good. Um, and they're fun. You know, there, there, there's a fun component to it. If I'm being honest with you, you know, it's, uh, and if you're inter- interested in, in technology, there's a, there's a handful of reasons why I think you can, you can kind of have some fun with this and you might have an interest in it. If you're interested in technology and that sort of thing, you can kind of appreciate it. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, sorry about that. We, uh, you know, we, we didn't really know what to expect, or at least I didn't really know what to expect. You know, we were going back and forth, um, you know, with, with you know, approving, uh, images and approving this and that and to, to kind of get it right. Um, so we kind of, you know, in our head feel like, Oh no, this is going to be good. But seeing it really was just like, wow, wow. These are really, and, and also feeling it like the, the material is it's nice. It it feels nice, quite frankly. So I think some people might find it creepy, to be completely honest with you. There's some people that think having an echo device is, is creepy. So there's definitely some people that will not be into that. Right. Um, but I think there's some people that will appreciate it on whatever level they choose to, you know, whether it's just like, hey, good morning. You know, what's the weather going to be like today? That sort of thing. And they just kind of have that person to talk to. Um, but then I think there's some other people who, who really will find some value in, in being able to have a proper conversation even if it's a short one come home from work you know yeah you know how was how was your day how are you doing today something like that it's there's something to be said for just kind of having someone to have the, that little that brief little exchange how you doing today you feeling all right that you know that sort of thing that might be important to someone i you know maybe not everybody of course but i think i think there's a pop, percentage of the population that would find that useful I think that would make a very big difference. And also, like you said, I, I guess there's like an Oculus, like an eye that can sort of appear to be looking at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it smiles at you and it laughs and that sort of thing. So it's nice. That's nice to have around. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> and again, that also might creep some people out, which is which I get. So uh, it's a very personal thing for sure. That that aspect of it is fun. That aspect of it is fun when you boot it up and and... You know, you start talking to it and yeah, the, the, the smiling and the kind of the head turning and the eyes and stuff. it takes you a second. And you're like, whoa, well, that's happening, huh? <laughs> yeah, I imagine these are not uh, cheap mm-hmm. for listeners who might be interested and curious, but uh, might be on a budget or mm-hmm. not just a ballpark. 
sure. You know, what sure. does it run? <laughs> right. Uh, so just just to reiterate, so you, you know, they're they're more than welcome to to take a look for their own. The website is www.ematedolls.com. E M A T E dolls.com. Uh, and again, there's the two options. There's the standard version, which is uh, $3,000. And then there is the um, AI version, the premium version, if you will. And that is $12,000. So no, as you mentioned, they are, they're not cheap. You can probably go on Amazon, quite frankly, and find something cheaper. But um, the, the quality is there. We were, we were really impressed with the quality. And obviously, the, the extras that come with it, even on the standard version, again, the standard version comes with the recorded dialogue from the actresses. So that's there's really that tie to the film that we think kind of sets it apart from some of the others. I've checked out a lot of the other sites. And yeah, they've got a ton of options. You can customize it. But for me, anyway, there was a bit of a, a coldness to it, you know, a disconnect. I think the fact that you know that these are based on real people and you can watch the film and see that actress. And that's got to mean something. I think that's what kind of separates us. Are you familiar with the term waifu bots? I am not. Well. (laughs) Well, that's all the news that's fit for pod today. Obviously, these questions are wide ranging and ubiquitous and thorny when it comes to all matters of progress. We'll have to continue this discussion, this theme, in future pods, where I'd love to bring back Dr. Sumaya Sheikh, perhaps, and others, for thoughts on the science of positive touch. There is a lot of it. And to respond to some feedback from you, my dear listeners, go check out the robot if you're curious. I have it on good intel that they're currently working out some sort of a payment plan over at Emates for prospective buyers. You heard it here first, dear listeners. Now stay safe. Over and out. If you or someone you know is struggling with feelings of hopelessness, please reach out to one of the links provided in the show description.